Welcome back to the Amplified Word, brought to you by Christ Episcopal Church in Dayton, Ohio. It's a conversation and a deeper look at the lessons for the upcoming Sunday from the Women's Lectionary by Will Gaffney. We invite you to come along as we lift up the women of the Word. Today we're taking a look at the lessons for the third Sunday in Lent. Our lessons come from the book of Numbers, chapter 5, verses 5 through 10, Psalm 32, verses 1 through 7, James, chapter 5, verses 13 through 18, and our gospel according to Matthew, chapter 5, verses 21 through 26. Today's lessons are hopeful as we continue in Lent to prepare ourselves, to change our hearts, and to help us continue to turn closer and closer to God and who God desires each of us to be. We are reminded in the gospel today that it's not enough to not kill someone if we don't desire the best for them. Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of the Amplified Word. Uh, I'm Mary Jane Floaty, Apostolate and the Programs Assistant here at Christ Episcopal Church in Dayton, Ohio. And I'm Peter Holmeyer. I'm the rector here at Christ Episcopal Church. This week, we're on to Lent 3. And Mary Jane, we were having a little discussion about this week's text. And, you know, as church nerds like we are, getting very excited here. <laughs> and I really appreciated thematically something that you raised up and feels very Lenten to me, mm. which is accountability. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Buckle up, everyone. Um, you can just tell that Peter and I are nerds um, because we are very excited about this. And it is really Lenten. I love that that's a, a connection that we're making here to the season and certainly something that Gaffney's working on here. But accountability is different, I want to pose, than judgment. So yes, say more about that. We're not called to judge one another. In fact, we're going to hear that in texts all throughout um, the Bible. We are not called to judge one another. And, and in like our, you who is without sin cast the first stone. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, so... I don't want us to fall into a place of like, you are so sinful. That is not what we're going for. What we are called to do is hold one another accountable. Yeah. And to work together to overcome our sin, to overcome our um, transgressions, our falling short, our, our hurting other people, hurting ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, because all of those are things that keep us further from God, and we're called to be close to God. Yeah, here's, so, what's, here's what's sinful. Yeah, Self-deception. Absolutely. Really good at that. That is... Personally, oh, yeah, really, no, really good. A plus. Uh, now, Flying colors for now us. Now, the judgment is to just say, look at how you're doing that wrong. The accountability would be saying... Turn that around. Yep. What are you going to do? How are you getting mm -hmm. over that? How are you working past that? Yeah. Um, and we're going to look at the text, you know, in the second half and like really, really parcel this out. But I want to talk about how 
accountability is something we do in community. Yes. It's something that we do with and for one another. Um, you know, we are, we've talked about this, I think, in a previous episode about, you know, naming our sins, confessing, and you can't just be like, general, like, oh, right. yeah, I have been sinful. I'm so sorry. Right. But naming, like, I have hurt you, or I've hurt God, or I've hurt others when by these things that I did. Thing. By the when seven I times did, that I did X, Y, Z. When like, I did this specific yes, thing. And naming mm -hmm. those right. helps us in our own life, in our prayer, and in our action. Wait to... a minute. In our prayers? <gasps> yes. In our prayers. Our thoughts and prayers, Mary Jane? And our actions. What? I know. You have to have both people. We're going to get into this. Thoughts and prayers aren't enough. They're um, not enough. They're not enough. Where's um, the accountability in thoughts and prayers? It's not there. It's not there. You know, this is this public square that we are called to live in, right? Like, you have to confess your sins to one another. You have to pray with and, and to one another, right? That you will overcome this. Your thoughts and prayers are not enough if they are not followed by change. Right. When we make our confession, you know, in the liturgy, we we are talking about being transformed. We are right. talking about changing right. and doing things differently. Right. And it is a prayer, of course. Yeah. And we need prayer to sustain us through that. But that cannot be where it ends. You have to leave that church and do something differently. It, it seems to happen in our public life quite often that prayer mm. is used as a way to be sort of a release valve for emotional uh. energy with no expectation or intent to get at what the cause of that emotional disquiet might be. Yes, it is a way of just totally like throwing your hands in the air and saying like, oh, well, I'm praying for you. Right. Classic Thank you. I do appreciate the prayers. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> keep them coming. Well, gun violence. That's a full-time job. In this, in this country. It, you know, that is not enough. This, it's the not prayers, enough. The thoughts and prayers are important. Um, Please. And especially pray for those who are suffering in the immediacy, right? Like, they need your prayers. They need that comfort. They need God to be specifically with them, right? Know that but, others are suffering alongside them. But... Wishing better for them. Yes. Yet, every time that someone says, our thoughts and prayers are with the people of insert community here, right. after whatever gun violence or mass shooting um, act of terror events happen, which that's what these are, they're domestic terror events, um... After those things happen, you cannot just say thoughts and prayers. You have to make a commitment to change. Right. You cannot simply pray. You have to be held accountable. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're not really making a confession, friends. You're not really living what it is to follow Christ which is to be transformed. The metanoia that we were talking about yeah. in last week's episode about yeah. this praxis of turning ourselves, of, of being transformed, you've right. got to do the work. There's, oh. there's a Ooh. challenge, and we'll talk about this. We're going to get into the James reading and then the Matthew reading in the second half. There, one of the challenges that's true of all of our lives is magical thinking. 
And by magical thinking, it's an imagination that somehow things will get better somehow without any work on our own part. It would that, be nice. That would be beautiful. And sometimes kind of synchronicity happens and the sky opens for, you know, a half an hour or whatever. <laughs> and things do line up on their own. But we end up using prayer, unfortunately, very often as a form act actually of magical thinking, which yes. is really, really not good prayer, friends. Um, because again, to the point you're making, what, we're, what we'd like to believe, it certainly would make my life easier if it worked this way, is that somehow by only praying, God will take care of the rest of it without us having to get off the couch Ugh. or lift a finger. Like, listen, I am not at all trying to dismiss the power of God. Please don't hear that. I, I mean, I know that God could do anything that God right. wants. And, and ultimately, and, and our actions will only feed what God exactly, wants. Exactly, of course, right? I right. totally get that. But that's not to discount our role in there. Thank you. Yes, mm -hmm. we are, you know, active participants in bringing the reign of peace, which we've been talking about in this series, um, and which comes up in this lectionary. We are active participants in this. This is not work that we get to stay home and just let time pass. We've yeah. got to do the work. You know, Jesus is very clear in the Gospels, like, no, there's work to be done. Right. You have to do this work. It's yeah. not just going to come to pass. Right. Yes. It, I wish that we could understand that that is actually really harmful when we say, you know, thoughts and prayers and we don't do anything with it. Because right. it actually can hurt what people believe about prayer and uh, what exactly. people believe about God. That's right. You know, if, if no this change is, one of is the happening, really, that's right. then... How do you not feel abandoned by God? That's right. I mean, Amen. truly, mm -hmm. this is bad theology, and and it hurts people. It's theology that like just really doesn't do much good and only disappoints. <laughs> the other thing I just mentioned, and then I think maybe we'll come back and yeah. get into how the texts relate to this. Are that the other one of the other very fascinating things about the term thoughts and prayers, the way that we identify it in this culture, is there are actually two forms of the same thing that are appear to be passive. Mm -hmm. so the kinds of prayers that we are thinking about here are the kind that are just verbalizations of internal emotional or um, or spiritual or or thoughts of just being directed towards God instead. But this limits what prayer actually is. Oh my God, <laughs> yes. Know, the kind of prayer that we yes. all imagine first as prayer oh is my only the smallest slice of what a real prayer life looks like. Yes. To pray without ceasing means that Amen. everything that you do mm -hmm. is imbued with prayer, mm -hmm. covered in it, sanctified by it. Mm -hmm. Not simply a few thoughts that are occasioned in your life. Yeah. And these elements of where God continues to challenge us and ask more of us and that our lectionary and Dr. Gaffney ask of us, we want to point out a few of those that we see in today's text when we come back.
Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of the Amplified Word. We want to jump into the text here in the second half, and we're going to start with the reading from James. And this is a reading that I think, well, maybe some people particularly are, maybe they don't know it inside and out, but it's central to what happens in a lot of what looks like traditional Christianity, at least in this country right now. And there's something beautiful in there, and sure. then there's also something missing in how we interpret that. And that is that this text is reminding you, are you in trouble? Pray. Are you happy? Pray. Are you sick? Are you any kind of a person? Pray, right? Do you need to forgive someone? Pray about it. If you're missing something in your life, make sure you pray. So it's, it's telling us that that whole the thing to never miss, and it is prayer, and it appears to be saying that prayer is enough. We've kind of got into this first half with the thoughts and the prayers being in this kind of theology where, mm -hmm. you know, pray, 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 and as I said to you, actually by itself that's cray, pray, pray, <laughs> what, what are We're gonna we make missing? <laughs> What are we missing that that's not wrong, but that's not complete? What do you already, mm -hmm. already see in the text here, Mary Jane? Yeah, there is so much action in this text. There is There are things that we are supposed to be doing. And, of course, prayer is action. Prayer yeah. is, is something to do, right? And um, there's the, the, you know, medieval period aura at Labora. Like, prayer is work, mm -hmm. right? Work at you prayer. You know it. Like, that is so good. Well, right? if you're doing it like squats and, and lifts where you're going to be sweating you out, Ooh, maybe. Listen, yeah. sometimes prayer is really hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but this this passage tells us that there are things we're supposed to be doing, right? So are there people who are cheerful? Sing praise. Oh, wait a minute. Do things. What was that? You have to do something? You have to sing? You have to sing. You oh. have to and gather with them, right? So okay. in this context, if you're singing praise with your community, you're gathering. Maybe yes. you're you're having a party. Have a potluck. Be like a good church. Have a potluck, you know? Um, people who are sick among you, call the elders and let them pray over them. Anoint them. That's an action. We're going to do something. Again, We're going to gather. Uh -huh. We're going to call people right. that, that can help. Right? Yes. And I'm going to do a little bit of a stretch here maybe for folks. But when you're calling the elders, who are you calling? I want to suggest that in our context, we're calling the people who can make a change. Yes. That is what an elder is. Yes. Thank you very in much. This, in the context that right. this passage comes out of, those are their leaders, right? The elders are not just, you know, uh, some person who gets up and preaches something nice or teaches, you know, in Sunday school, maybe they do that, but they're also the leaders, mm -hmm. the actual people with mm -hmm. power, with authority yep. to make change. Capacity to enact change. So when we right. talk about our thoughts and our prayers, sure, that's fine. Do that. Please, please pray. Call your representatives. Call the people who can make change. Right. Get them here. Bring them together. Gather yeah. and make a change. And maybe that prayer, like I said in the first half, doesn't exactly look like just words. You know, that's only a small slice no, of No, absolutely. Is. It's the work. Mm -hmm. It is the work, um, you know, mm -hmm. in the fields. It's it's all of that. And 
you we're doing this in a community and i think that that's important to remember these are actions peter that one person doing has impact of course but all of us doing together that is where true change that change in our heart that change in our communities in our society in our culture that's when that can really start to come about right Right. And I, I really appreciated when we were just kind of sketching a little of this out that there's one more verb in here mm -hmm. that's tied into prayer. And I really, and we talked about this in and out a little bit because it's thematically important. Mm -hmm. And that's this part in verse 16 where it's, it gets into prayer. So you could yes. really kind of skip over the hard part of the work and jump straight <laughs> to what we traditionally think of as prayer. Therefore, confess, confess your sins to one another yes. and pray. So you don't get to skip this you got to do both. This is the action mm -hmm. piece of this. Mm -hmm. And confession, as we were discussing when we were talking about Psalm 51, I believe that might have just been back in Lent 1, as so, a matter yeah. of fact. It wasn't that long ago. Is a great example of there's not great confession by King David in Psalm 51 because you actually don't know what he's driving at unless Correct. you already know. Oh, by the way, I took advantage and raped this woman and had her husband killed. You can't see that name. Where is that in this? I know right. that's what you're talking about, mm -hmm. but you didn't say it. Right. So you have to name your sins. This is that accountability yeah. piece too, right? What would it look like if we were to name the fact that we didn't pass Brady gun legislation after President Reagan was shot in 1980 how different our world could look now over 40 years later as an example of true confession. Naming a specific moment in time when we didn't do the best that could have been asked for us. Where we didn't recognize where we fell short. Right. Right? Yeah. You know, um, failing to do good. Like, mm -hmm. we, we missed the mark. Right. <laughs> We have a problem, yeah. and we didn't name that problem, and so now where are we? Right. Uh, and our prayer is not necessarily uh, really doing all the work here, folks. Um, how what? many people would be alive? Yeah. Well, how, how are we actually you know? closer to living in community with each other, to offering each other true repentance which yeah. comes out of our gospel lesson actually might be an interesting yeah. segue into Absolutely. the gospel if we aren't doing the hard part of that work for jesus is drawing us again and again as the great reconciler of the world into the places where we are broken and at the heart of those is not simply saying lord have mercy on me for i have sinned that's a sort of prayer Sure. But instead a prayer that says, here's how I've sinned and how I plan mm. on changing. Yeah. And there, there are two really great parts that you've named there, right? Which is, and I'm probably, you know, beating a dead horse at this point. <laughs> what is it that... That would be a sin. That, I mean, probably. Um, what is it that we have failed at doing? And how do I do better? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, it's the both. You have to have both parts to make right. a good confession and also to really make what Christ is teaching us 
come to fruition, right? Right. And so the gospel here to kind of expand mm -hmm. or give this specific example that to show you that how challenging this is. And boy, the preaching on these is, um, well, there's a lot of room for good preaching, but there's also a lot of room where if you're it's not hard. ready for it, yeah. it's uh, preaching that'd be easy to gloss over. Mm -hmm. For what Jesus is doing right here in this text out of Matthew 5, is pulling us into the hard work of what actually lays behind the law. Yeah, right? yeah. And by the law, I mean, the one of the first laws is to pray without ceasing, friends. Wow. Of course, that comes from Paul. But, but Jesus gets into one of the Old Testament, you know, one of the great laws, thou shalt not murder. Overall, a good law. Good law. And you know what? Um, I, I, you know, let's... Let's shake each other's hands and say congratulations that at least I'm fairly confident for the two people in this room that we haven't actually physically driven a knife into somebody. Correct. Back. Yep. But Jesus is saying, wait a minute, isn't he? Is <laughs> that like, actually, that's actually not what, what that's the about. whole intent of this law is? Uh, no, no, that is that's not what this is about. Yeah. There's so much more that goes into um, not killing than simply just not physically, physically murdering, someone. murdering someone. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Are you creating a world where someone can live, someone can yeah. thrive? Right. Are you looking out for one another? Are you going to the margins? Are you feeding the hungry? Are you yeah. sheltering those without shelter? That is how you keep someone living and living a life that is not, you know, painful in the sense of like oppression. Are you breaking down oppressive systems? Wow, bringing us back to our womanist theology here. There you go. It's a little bit like uh, the diff Jesus is getting into a bit here. The difference between, and this is one of the things I really appreciate about Jesus, the letter of the law and the intent of the law, mm. which, of course, is the letter of the law is the standard that civil society uses as to whether they're going to incarcerate you or not well sure. at least the civil society that right yeah that applies justice equally it's a different podcast. um and that's its own well i think that's sort of layered through all of this it is that's uh, again a part of the how we're not god but the intent of the law is where jesus and god keeps just drawing us into which is what does that mean on a larger scale to not simply not cross that boundary but to understand how that boundary should impact mm -hmm. all of our actions. Mm -hmm. Again, the part that is the action piece. So in the Gospels, for example, you think, well, wait a minute, what is this leap? Uh, Jesus starts talking about right. you should not murder, but he's like, actually, if you're angry with someone and you don't do the work of restitution, you're participating in murder. That's like that confession we were just yeah. talking about. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jesus is pretty clear. I, we're not beating around the bush here with Jesus. He, he's like, no, this is exactly what I'm, I mean. <laughs> I do appreciate that sometimes. <laughs> like, yeah. This is what I'm talking about. Yeah. If you are angry, if you are resentful, if there's bitterness between you and someone else, there is death there. That's right. That is a death. Mm -hmm. That is a profound death to God. Yes. 
Uh, and it is our work not simply to say, I've done this, don't get me wrong. As soon as that person wants to come and apologize to me, I'll be happy to listen to them. Yeah, been there and done that. Thoughts and prayers, as soon as you want to change your mind, I'll be happy to have a conversation sure. with you about this. The accountability piece, which is where we began, is to look at the places not simply where we've actively been engaged in pulling each other down, but in the places where we have chosen not to act mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in a way that will create healing. Right? Yes. And that work is ongoing. The season of Lent, it's not all a downer, friends. There's a purpose behind this that there is better life. Absolutely. A renewed life. Yeah. A life we can't imagine yet. You know, when that you, is beyond yeah. the death of these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. Go. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just going to say what you're talking about with Lent and what comes from this work, this accountability and this, this turning of ourselves, oh, it's so much better than we could ever imagine, <laughs> right? It's yeah. so good. Yeah. And we get a glimpse of it, right, on Easter. Oops, spoiler. But Lent is about this, this, yeah, this hard work, this internal stuff, this external stuff that we're trying to um, get better at. But Oh, it is so more than worth it, you know? And and so when Lent gets really, you know, doom and gloomy, that's something to keep in mind is that, yeah, this is hard work. Our prayer is hard work and our actions and our confession, these, this is hard. We're trying to undo harmful systems. We're trying to bring Christ into the world, but oh, so good, so worth it. Well, friends, as James says, pray. And I hope that you will find room in your daily life for prayer. And then, as is also in James, that you may find room to turn that into action. Yeah. I look forward to being with you again next week. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Amplified Word. To learn more about the Women's Lectionary by Will Gaffney and our year-long formation programs, Women of the Word we invite you to visit our parish website, DaytonChristEpiscopal.com.